0: On the TV this week, on the radio, in the newspaper, all throughout the media, there's been a lot of attention paid, of course, to things that have happened in the last year. Here we are about to wrap up the year 2012, and so there's been a lot of coverage about things that have happened in the news. What were the top news stories? And then other things. They'll rate the movies. They'll talk about the biggest hit songs and all that sort of thing. As you look back to the year past, they do a lot of that. And I suppose that is somewhat interesting. And it, and it is, I suppose, potentially beneficial because there's certainly the, the concept that we can learn from the past. In fact, we need to be learning from the past. You've heard the oft-quoted uh, expression, if we fail to uh, observe history, we're bound to repeat it. And so we need to pay attention to the past and learn from it. Another thing that happens at this time of the year, of course, is some looking forward to what's coming in the new year. And I suspect that that's also very beneficial. Uh, Politicians look to the future to see what kind of political events might unfold. Economists look to the future to see what might happen with our economy. And all of that, again, I suppose is potentially beneficial. We want to use this opportunity to do some spiritual introspection. We want to look to the past of what has occurred. But especially, we want to look to the future. We should, we should think about uh, uh, our service to God continually. And an occasion like the starting of a new year gives us a chance to maybe be motivated to do that kind of thinking. So, our lesson in our lesson this morning, what we want to do is spend just a few minutes talking about how we should approach the new year from a spiritual perspective. Uh, the economy may get bad, uh, or it may be good. Uh, There may be some very dramatic political developments in the coming year. All those things will certainly attract our attention. But what ought to have us most interested is how will we approach the new year in regards to serving God and being the kind of people that He wants us to be. Bottom line, that's all that matters. And that should certainly have top priority for all of us who are Christians. So let's spend just a few minutes uh, using the opportunity of the approaching new year to get us to think about how we should look at it uh, from God's point of view and with a spiritual eye to the future. Thanks for being here this morning. We're very grateful for everyone who's here. As was mentioned earlier, we have some visitors. We're glad that you've come. We want to invite you to come back whenever you can. Uh, For us all, uh, we should look forward to these times of worship. It should not be a dreaded obligation. In our Bible class this morning, in the book of Malachi, we were talking about the fact that some of those people back then saw their service of God as just a dreaded thing. They did it, but they didn't much want to do it. That should never be characteristic of us. We should look forward to these times of worship and Bible study and engage in them enthusiastically. And I hope that that describes you and all of us this morning. Thanks for being here today. Okay, how are we going to approach the new year? I want to suggest one verse to use as the basis of our uh, thoughts this morning, and that's from Psalm 118, verse 24. You know this verse. It's very frequently quoted. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And I want to just point out a few things from that verse that would be very helpful for us if we use this uh, as we approach this new year. For instance, in the new year, I believe that we should see each day of that new year as a gift from God. Notice this is a day which the Lord hath made. So every day needs to be viewed as a a benefit granted us from God, a gift, if you will. And and things that are given as gifts, if you think of the idea of gift, uh, it conveys some important ideas. For instance, when you're given a gift, One of the things I hope that is characteristic of you is that you express gratitude. If someone cares enough to give you a gift, it is certainly appropriate to be thankful, grateful that they have given you such a gift. And to that extent, uh, we certainly should be grateful to God. If we view each day of this coming new year as a gift from God, then we should be thankful throughout the new year in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 it says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you so God wants us to be a grateful people and we certainly should all too often I think we we are prone to take things for granted especially we are prone to take things for granted that happen regularly and consistently for instance uh uh, you husbands may take for granted the fact that you come home from work and your wife has a good meal prepared on the table. And and because it happens regularly, uh, almost every night when you come home, there's a, a fine meal prepared for you to eat. Because it happens regularly, you might fall into the trap of not expressing gratitude for that. That shouldn't happen. On the other hand, you wives may take for granted that your husband gets up every morning and trots off to work to earn a living, uh, you need to be grateful for that. He does it all the time, but that shouldn't keep you from being grateful every day that he does it. What I'm saying is repeated things that happen consistently, we we are in danger of not appreciating them like we should. Well, what about each day that God gives us? Of course, that happens. Uh, Every day the sun comes up, God's given us another day, and we might fail To be grateful for it, uh, we should not be that way. We should never fail to be grateful for all the blessings that God gives us. Then, of course, with a gift, not only should we be grateful for a gift, but a gift has the idea uh, included in it, how you're going to use it. We've just passed a season where a lot of gifts are given and received. I wonder if any of you received one of those kinds of gifts that when you opened it, you thought, Wow, how will I ever use that? Maybe you, you fellas got a tie, maybe a really ugly tie. And when, and when you got the tie, you thought, oh, I can't imagine ever wearing that tie. Uh, sometimes gifts are of that nature. And so when you're given a gift, you, you have the decision, how am I going to use this gift? How am I going to put it into use? Uh, well, concerning the gift of each day that God gives us, we have to make a decision. How are we going to use it? And may I suggest to you that the answer to that question, how are you going to use this day? How are you going to use the next day? How are you going to use every day that is given as a gift from God? May I suggest to you that the answer to that question is the day needs to be used to glorify the Father. Use it to glorify Him. That's why you're here. That's the purpose for your existence. Don't waste it. Use it to the glory of God. And really, the only way to glorify God is to live according to His will. As you live daily according to His will, you're bringing glory to the Father. And that's what you're supposed to do. So, view each day as a gift, be grateful, and put it to use. Uh, That's what we need to do in this coming new year. Another part of this verse suggests to us that we need to live in the presence, in the present. Notice it says, This is the day which the Lord hath made. Present tense. This is the day. I think it's a rather trite expression, but you have no doubt heard it said that there are two days we should refuse to live in, yesterday and tomorrow. Uh, again, I think that's maybe a, a little bit of a trite expression, but the fact of the matter is there's little we can do about the past, and we may never uh, have to deal with something in the future, and the main thing for us to do is to deal with the present. Uh, a lot of people, even a number of Christians, really have a rather miserable existence because they live with anxiety over mistakes that they have made in the past. Uh, they're just torn up with, with guilt uh, and, and never uh, are able to get past things that previously occurred. We've used the Apostle Paul as a great example in regard to that. Certainly, if anybody had reason to feel bad about his past, it would have been Paul. All the terrible things that he had done in persecuting Christians... But he said in Philippians 3, verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And Paul said, I've, I've learned to put these things behind me. Now, there's a right way to put those things behind you. You can't just ignore past mistakes. But once you have adhered to God's will, once you have sought His forgiveness and obtained it, then we need to be like the Apostle Paul and put those things behind and move forward. So, living in the present means dealing with your past and being able to put those things away. Another problem, though, is that some people are torn up with worry about what's going to happen in the future. And the Scriptures also advise us not to spend tremendous amount of time worrying about the future. um, In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34... Jesus said, therefore, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Uh, Now, please understand what Jesus was saying there. He he was not saying that we shouldn't make provision for tomorrow. Uh, The idea that that we provide for our own, 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. uh, The idea that if we don't work, neither shall we eat? 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. Certainly the idea is we, we make provision for tomorrow, but we don't worry about tomorrow. And that's more the idea of what Jesus was saying here when he said, take no thought for tomorrow. Don't worry about the things for tomorrow. Those things will take care of themselves if we put the Lord first. The previous verse there, Matthew six thirty-three says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other necessary things will be added unto you. And so, as we approach the new year, let's do that. Let's live in the present. In other words, we've we've taken care of our failures of the past and sins we've been forgiven by obeying the Word of God so we can put those things behind. We don't have to worry about the future in the sense that God will provide the necessary things if we do His will, live now in the moment to do what we need to be doing. Too many folks are immobilized by past failures and future worries, but I really think that if we have the right outlook, we don't have to be that way. I think the verse also tells us that we need to prioritize the day. Notice the emphasis on the day. This is the day the Lord hath made. Uh, the psalmist didn't say this is the week, month, or year that the Lord has made. He said this is the day the Lord has made. And really when you think about the day, I, I believe that uh, it conveys the notion of urgency, urgency, uh, We need to be busy. Uh, We're going to have opportunities, but they won't be here forever. This is the day. Now is the time, uh, and we need to prioritize the day. It is a time for work, and specifically, it's a time for working for the Lord. In John chapter 9 and verse 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Jesus himself understood there was an urgency about this time. Today, work for the Lord. I must do the work of Him that sent me, Jesus said. We need to have that same outlook. Um, I wonder how many of you prepare to-do lists, things that need to be done. Uh, I suspect probably most of us do. And it's especially true when there's lots of things that need to be done. If you sense that uh, there's a lot of things demanding my attention, I need to sit down and write a list of the things I need to do and then maybe put a number by them as to which one I need to do first, second, third. A to-do list. That's that's very appropriate. We do that about physical things that need to be accomplished. I I suggest to you that we need to have that same kind of an approach to the work that God needs us to do. We need to make a list. A to-do list, a priority list, if you will, of work for the Lord. You might construct that list just mentally. You know, in your mind, you might keep track of it. Or it may be, that you want to simply sit down and write it out, actually write out a list of things that you intend to do in the new year, prioritizing each day as to how you will spend it for the Lord. If if you're going to have such a list, and I believe all of us need it, either mentally or actually written out, we need such a list, on your priority list, may I suggest that you need to certainly have on there prayer, uh, spend time, more time, uh, I think all of us would do well if we made a, a priority this coming year to spend more time in prayer to God. Uh, I, I confess to you, and I, I suspect that you would probably join with me in making such a confession that we don't pray enough. We don't spend enough time in prayer. So there's something to prioritize. Or what about Bible study? Uh, all of us certainly can benefit from more and more time spent in Bible study. I would take just a minute here to encourage you about the daily Bible readings uh, that that we're encouraged to do. The elders encourage us to do that every year. Arthur, this is 13 years. This is this is the 11th year we've done it. 11th year we've done it. Uh, so uh, that calendar is available. You don't have to follow that reading schedule per se, although I think it's a very good one. I I, I like it a lot. But spend spend time in organized Bible reading and study. If you, by the way, if you've been keeping up with your reading schedule for the year 2012, you finished it on Friday, and so if you were able to do that, I hope you feel a real sense of accomplishment in being able to get that done. It's really not that challenging. If you will devote a few minutes a day to doing that, uh, you can you can get through the Bible very easily with that Bible reading calendar. And I think different times work better for different people. Some want to do it first thing in the morning, others will set aside time at night, uh but make time for it. And I would encourage you, Wade talked about this in his invitation Wednesday night, don't let yourself fall behind. Not very far anyway. There there's there's room for makeup days in that reading schedule, but if you get too far behind you just give up. So if you get a day behind, make it up real quick. Don't let yourself get way behind because you'll end up just uh, with sort of an a, a overwhelming sense of impossibility and you'll quit. But spend time in Bible reading. Prioritize that. How about teaching others? That's something we need to prioritize too. And many of you have close friends, co-workers, and others that you know need to be taught the gospel of salvation in Christ Jesus. Uh, prior I, prioritize that. Say, I'm going to do my very best within this next year. To reach out to such and such a person uh, and teach them what they need to do in order to be saved. So just lots of things that that we might do to prioritize each day that the Lord gives us as we approach this new year. Notice also that we need to stop procrastinating about the very kind of things that we were just describing. The verse says, we will do this and that. Uh, As this year comes to an end, I wonder how many of us would say that we're still needing to do some of the very things that we were talking about doing last New Year's. In other words, another calendar year has rolled around, and yet many of the things we said we needed to do are still left undone. This is the day the Lord has made. We will do what needs to be done. If we keep postponing and procrastinating spiritually, it is absolutely disastrous. Um, so what is it in your life that needs to be changed? Is it some bad habit uh, that you've needed to put aside and yet you haven't done it yet? Uh, maybe a, a, a bad temper that you said, I've got to get control of that, but you haven't. Uh, maybe it's, as we were saying earlier, someone that needs to be taught and you know it, but you haven't done it yet. Uh, any number of things we procrastinate to do. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, "Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. Our days are passing away. Uh, all of us are a year closer to eternity than we were a year ago, and therefore we need to stop procrastinating about the things that really need to get done. And then finally, in this verse that we're using as the text, This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Notice, every day is a gift. View it that way. Live in the present. Prioritize things. Stop procrastinating. And finally, choose to be happy. And notice, we will rejoice and be glad. Um, For those of us who are Christians, we have real reason to be happy. In the text that Josh read for us at the start, in Philippians chapter 4, uh the Apostle Paul encourages us to be that way. Philippians 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say, rejoice. As Christians, we should be a rejoicing people based upon what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's not to say that we're not going to face certain uh, troubles and trials in this physical world. That's a reality. All of God's faithful people have always been tried. And they've always had difficulties. But when you boil it all down, what really matters is our relationship with God, and if we're doing the right thing, we have real reason to be happy, and we need to choose to be so. Be happy in the Lord. Work hard, live right, and be happy in the Lord. I think one of the drawbacks that we face when we're trying to teach other people is that they see Christians as unhappy. You know, if, if we look like we're just carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders, Why would they want to participate in that? But if we can show them the real joy of our salvation and rejoice in the Lord, as Paul said that we should, uh, then that will be something that will attract others rather than reject them. Uh, We have basis for happiness because we are in a right relationship with God. Unhappiness comes from knowing we haven't done what we should, but happiness can come to us by knowing that we have done the will of God. We need to choose to be happy and live that way. And so I hope you agree with me that this familiar text from Psalm 18, verse 24, this is the day which the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. That's a worthy verse for us to remember. Maybe even post it on the refrigerator with a magnet. Uh, as we come into the new year, let's think the right way and do the right things so we can have a great year in His service to His honor and glory. Thanks for your attention to what we've had to say. As we bring the lesson to a close, we'll be asking everyone to think about whether you are right with God right now. Certainly, the most important thing, as this year ends and a new one begins, is, am I right with God? If you're not a Christian yet, you need to make the decision to obey that simple gospel plan of salvation. Hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized for the remission of sins. If you're ready to do that, we're certainly ready to assist you. If you feel you need more study so that you can make that decision appropriately, we'd be more than glad to study with you. You just let us know. But certainly that's an important decision to make. Uh, don't postpone it. If you're a Christian already, but you've slipped back and you've not been faithfully serving your Lord, we urge you to come back in repentance, confession and prayer. If we can help, let us know while we stand and sing this song.